So hello and welcome to the Oliver James podcast, bringing you conversations with industry leaders, everything you need to know about building connections and how to enhance and elevate your career. So today we welcome back um, OJ's Executive Director and Group Chief Commercial Officer of Brighter Consulting Group, Ben Moses, and Brighter Consulting Group um, Group CEO, Dean Manning. So welcome back both and thank you again for joining us today. Hey, Steph. Thanks, Steph. Amazing. And just, just to mention, Ben is outside in the garden recording this episode, sat on his deck chair. So uh, both Dean and I are very, very jealous. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel like for such deep and meaningful conversations, it's good to be close to nature. <laughs> exactly. stuff, obviously. <laughs> and we don't get much sun, much sun in Manchester, so definitely make the most of it. Um, so in our previous episode, we introduced um, our listeners to Brighter Consultancy and the relationship between Oliver James and Brighter. So with this in mind, it's obviously great to uh, delve into the details a little bit more. Um, so without further ado, um, Dean, if I could hang, uh, hand things over to you, uh, what is the Brighter approach? So it's a good question. (laughs) So um, it constantly changes, as I think I mentioned in the previous session, you know, our model is constantly evolving, which any good company's practice should be. Um, But in terms of what our approach is, it's to offer projects, programs, services, whatever it may look like or entail, but do that in the smartest and simplest fashion possible. So if I use change management as an example, um, experience tells me that many organisations overcomplicate the way change needs to be done and delivered. So I'm a firm believer that with the right resources, the right process, the right methodology, it can be delivered simple to budget, if not, you know, within budget, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I think that's probably the core of the ethos that we do when we, we look to deliver projects and programme stuff. Brilliant. Ben, is there anything you would add on to from um, from your perspective? No, I think Dean's, Dean's covered the main points there. Uh, we, 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 we evolve as a business. We're keen to continue to learn more about the, the sectors in which we operate. I think depth of knowledge is, is a real key thing for us. So as, as, as we've mentioned previously, we don't ever want to be generalists. We want to be very, very uh, clever in our approach and understanding in great detail and for that reason we, we don't engage you know miles outside of our comfort zone everything we do we we know we can deliver yeah. i think i think as well Stefan, answering the question about approaches it's something we've learned with each assignment as well so we never go into these things believing we we've got all the answers we know everything we've seen everything because clearly we haven't so there are things that we learn within assignments, so a lot of good things that companies are doing um, that we take away and we continue to refine that approach so that each and every interaction and assignment that we take on, it just becomes a better experience, both for clients and obviously associates who we, we bring in to, uh, to do the delivery itself. And you touched um, you touched upon um, sort of the the traditional consulting um, models in the previous podcast. Um, what are the differences between uh, Brighter and the traditional consulting consulting so, groups? There's quite a few. To be fair, I wouldn't know where to start. But I mean, I think I mentioned in the previous session, I've kind of experienced both sides of the coin. You know, I've seen some of the bad experiences that consultancies do, but I've also seen a lot of the really good. There's a lot of good consultancies out there that do a lot of good things. Um, I think knowing who you're going to get is obviously a key one. Uh, You know, I've had big four experiences where people just land and you don't really know who you're getting, what their capability is, and and they're expected to um, just go and deliver. 
that's not really the reality. You know, we need to make sure you get the right people with the right expertise, the right experience, uh, the right demeanor um, that link into the ethos that we talked about previously. Uh, so the clients know what they're getting. So Ben and I in particular like to, when we speak to clients and we're, you know, we're going to commence an assignment, for example, we will share with them who we've got in mind for them to come in and we'll make sure that they're part of that process and cycle as well. So that for me has been one of the uh, key selling points that we've had um, over the last kind of 12 months or so. Now, what do you think, Ben? Yeah, I completely agree. I would add that uh, Brighter has more flexibility, more agility on the approach front. Uh, we aren't restricted to uh, to who's available um, in order to, to assemble a team of, uh, uh, to deliver a piece of work. So we, we very much bespoke our approach, bespoke the team to the client's needs. We engage with them early on in, in, in building that team, whether it be from existing Brighter Associates, or, uh, or entering the market alongside OJ to find the right expertise in the market. We never make do with what's available. We engage with the client to understand their specific needs in order to build that team. And our scale and, and size is also a huge asset to us um, in that, you know, Dean and I might be involved in, you know, a, a number of projects, but each project would have a huge amount of care and attention. We're at the phase where we're still sort of evolving and creating our, our our reputation in the market, which so far has been excellent, and everything we've worked on has, has received very high praise. We can't afford to not deliver something to an excellent standard at this phase. So everything we do is given maximum attention, maximum um, effort from everybody involved. So we're a bit different in that sense we you know we're not complacent we're we're sort of always on the edge of our seats making sure everything is absolutely perfect for every client that we work with um and i think because we we're, we're doing that now it'll be very hard to ever shake that off i think you know uh, the way i know the way dean works um emma and graham as well on the on the other board are you know everyone involved in this business are, are perfectionists none of us are good losers so um <laughs> i don't i don't think we have it in us to take you know negative feedback on a piece of work that we produce so yeah. you 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 get so much more from us in terms of effort and energy um than you might if you if you went to a, a consultancy who has hundreds of projects on the go at any one time yeah it's probably quite given a bit a backstory to people who are listening as well Steph so you know we talked previously about the relationship between OJ and Brighter and we created an approach from day one so we didn't want to be going gung-ho to the market we wanted we, we spent hours and hours and weeks and weeks and months and months carefully constructing who we wanted to approach how we wanted to approach it how we would refine those services what good looked like um, how we document that how we approach pitches who where, why, when, etc. And I think that approach that we had just from an engagement perspective, we've taken into the individual assignment as well. So that was probably a good learning curve for us as well, because we had to understand the different dynamics of two different companies. But bringing that together helped us build, you know, a more sustainable approach as well. Yeah, and you've mentioned a few times um, that you, that obviously Brighter and Oliver James, they go over and above in their services. Um, in what aspects do they go over and above? 
so a service level that you could expect from an OJ or brighter I feel I am biased but I feel is uh, is better than what you'd expect from our competitors in in the industry you will see certainly at a um, sort of mid to senior level at OJ as a group we have a very very um, organic and you know high level of internal uh, promotion leadership team so you know people stay with OJ a very long time and our attrition rates given the industry standards are incredibly low so if you looked around the leadership team in the UK or anywhere in the world for Oliver James you will find people who've been there a very long time and have organically grown through uh, through the ranks that leads to longevity for clients trust and people tend to like to not have too many different points of contact or too many changes in in how we're looking to uh to service a client if if you're a client of oj's and you have been for a while you would always be able to pick up the phone to somebody who was there when we started talking to you so and and that that's very much aligned with with brighter you know dean emma graham myself we've been there uh, well, maybe a bit, a bit later, I suppose, but we, we were there all from the start. Um, we're all involved in everything that we do. We agree everything as a team. The associates that we bring into projects are known to the team um, for years and years. Uh, Dean, you know, is, is bringing people into projects that he knows and trusts and has worked with for many years. The great thing about OJ is that we also know what quality is in the market. Um, and we're never guessing in terms of what to expect, who to engage with. We're always very, very sure about uh, the team that we assemble that we can deliver. So I suppose the, the two businesses are hopefully known for quality, consistency uh, and knowledge. And that's why I think we're different to, to other businesses is that you can always rely on a, a standard high level of service from both businesses. Yeah. And what are some of your um, the key expertise and um, focusing particularly on uh, Brighter Consulting Group? Um, what are the key expertise that we've got? So it's quite far reaching, to be honest with you, Steph. So mm. if, I think we talked about, you know, focused on financial services at the outset and we, how we've kind of had to diverse a lot of that. Um, you know, expertise, we've got, you know, actuarial expertise, we've got people who've operated at, you know, C-suite level across banks, financial services, we've got HR generalists, we've got people who've set up startups and fintechs, you know, it's it's really quite far reaching. And on that previous point, you know, we make sure that all of the associates are aware that there's a much bigger pool of expertise to draw upon. Um, and it's used quite a lot. So I don't just like the idea that people come in work work with us uh, on assignments. I like to make them part of what we're trying to achieve. So you know, we open that up to associates all of the time so that that expertise pool is available to them. And you'd be surprised how how much benefit you get from that from, you know, it could be something as simple as has anybody experienced X, Y and Z and somebody will be able to respond to it. You know, we use an app for all this type of stuff as well. So we've created all the channels so that people have got access to a, a much wider pool that perhaps they think or realise that they, they would have at the outset. Yeah, Ben, is there anything you would like to add to that? 
No, I don't think so. I think we've uh, I think we've covered the the main points there with Dean. Okay. I agree with everything he says all the time. We're, we're very much aligned. And <laughs> yeah. um, so, what can clients? In what ways can clients benefit from um, for the consulting services that that you guys offer? Um, I think the the main thing that we've touched upon is um, is the is the bespoke approach. You know, we we don't have uh, you know we don't have cookie cutters at this point where you know we, we say this is how we approach something um take it to leave it we might tweak a few things for you we work in a partnership from day one with our clients to decide on an approach to a piece of work an approach to a project an approach to the interaction between the project team and the the client so what what they can expect is probably a little bit more interaction than um, than, than other consultancies might need uh, or ask for, and that's because when we get to the end, like I said, we we want to leave. We don't need to. We don't want to have this longing to be relied upon um, forever. You know, we we want to leave strong processes, uh, a strong legacy. So, in the in the early days of conversations, we will be talking to to, to people for hours and hours and hours about approach. Um, you know the teams, how how we go about doing something, and that's so that it's when we're when we're done, we're done, um, and th there's no reliance on us being there for things to work. So I think that's that's probably what people can expect. It is more of a partnership. We'll take full ownership, of course. We'll you know we'll, we'll take something away and deliver it, but we very very much like to know exactly what what people need and want. And then we deliver it and, uh, you know, we don't sort of take half a request, half, do a half job and then have to linger around for a couple of years to fix it. You know, we, we take full briefs. We know what we're doing so that by the time we leave, the, the thing works. So I think from my perspective, Steph, we always try and make it very personable as well. So we like to get under the skin of things, try and identify things perhaps a client can't see and just do that, go that extra mile, if that makes sense. So. One of the phrases I absolutely detest is that's not within our scope. So nothing should not be within your scope. We should be there to offer more, offer greater value, go that extra mile and perhaps fix things that we didn't even realise we were there to fix, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's, that's something we've taken into all of the assignments that we do. So at least clients can, when we do walk away to Ben's point, they can say, actually, these guys, they came in and did a lot more than what we were expecting. But we make sure that's uh, at a fair price. You know, we, we make sure we we set expectations, etc. Um, but yeah, using my example about scope, I'm sure the team will attest to that one uh, when they hear this back. <laughs> and is it is it large scale projects that that you work with, um, or is it mainly small, or is it just a combination of, of any? Both. It's both sides of the spectrum. So we've got some projects where we've got you know one or two people uh, involved in that, uh, and then we've got some where there's you know 50, 60 people. But there's no difference to the delivery and there should never be a difference. So it doesn't matter just you've got one or two people there. You should still apply that same ethos, that same, you know, endeavour um, and the same practices should be done. So that's something we instill in people from day one, uh, from the engagement that we do. Uh, so Ben talked, I think it was on this episode or a previous one about our approach going into pitches. So that's something we do very early in the process so that we know we're getting the right people because if it's not the right people, it's not going to work. 
Yeah. And is this for um, clients in a particular sector? And obviously you mentioned before you have um, the, the brighter risk and compliance, the brighter actuarial. Is it clients within all sectors or just very specific ones? No, it's consistent across the board um, and we wouldn't have it any other way, to be honest with you. So, you know, a brand is a brand. So, you know, one customer we could have been working through to do change and transformation and they've got some actuarial requirements. They should expect the same, if not more. Um, from the people we bring in to do a different type of specialism or project. Absolutely. Okay, amazing. So whilst we um, obviously wrap up this um, episode, I think it'd be great to um, just run through maybe the process of if a client was looking for um, to use obviously the, the brighter consultants and services, how does that process work from, you know, the moment they pick up the phone to you guys? Like what is the process in terms of, of almost scoping out that project? Well, there's, we've got quite a lot of channels, as you can imagine, Steph. So, you know, it could be an introduction from the OJ group, which is which is fine. So Ben will obviously take a lead. We have a much broader pool of people who share that burden as well, all, all on the same page, all very knowledgeable. Um, and we'll explore and kind of be confident that we understand what the client needs or thinks they need. Uh, to make sure it aligns with what we can provide. Going back to what we said earlier, we won't just do something for the sake of it. So if it's something we know we can do, we'll obviously take them them conversations further. You know, we get contacts via social media channels. Uh, we've obviously got a broad OJ consultant uh, pool up and down the country uh, who are doing a great job in terms of introductions, um, sharing the brand, etc. And we do have people who come back to us based on previous working relationships that I've got, networks. Um, or even referrals. So, you know, we've had quite a few uh, conversations based on conversations people have had with others who we've worked with. So they've kind of had that experience that we talked about. So there's there's multiple channels uh, for people to reach out to us. But, you know, we've got a big, a big pool of people now who can react to that very, very quickly. Um, and that's what we like to do. Yeah. Ben, do you have anything? Yeah, sure. So, um, what can they expect when they engage with us? Um, you know, once they have they have done so, it, you know, they they can expect probably first of all lots of questions. Um, I know that might be a little bit irritating, but we uh, we really want to know in great detail how how we can design something to help them. Um, so before we even start going away and you know sort of putting together um, some sort of a sales proposition or proof of concept or anything like that we we really want to know what the pain is internally we need to understand the risks involved of not getting this work done for a company we want we, we, we want to understand in great detail um, the environment the landscape the needs the demands um, of, of a piece of work so that we can adequately prepare and design an approach to to fixing it or or, or completing it so a huge amount of collaboration in that early phase um, in, in designing a concept and implementing an approach. And um, we are very confident in, in our, our approach once we've agreed it. We're very confident in our ability to to run and complete a project. But I think in, in when they when they do get in touch with us, we really, really want to understand everything about uh, about that person's needs or wants and worlds that in order to give us the best chance of, of putting something together that, that works. Yeah, 
Okay, amazing. So, um, Ben, Dean, if there was one thing that you would give our listeners to take away from today's session, uh, what would that be? Ben, if I start with you first. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think if you're if you're listening to this and you have some work that you need doing and you've used contractors or you're looking at hiring a bunch of people for your team or you've got a relationship with the consultancy or you've got a track record with the consultancy and um, give us a call uh, because we do things differently and um, we could save you time we could save you money we could save you headaches and sleepless nights we've done it for a number of clients already and uh, as I said before change is good so embrace uh, embrace a slightly different model a different approach um, and be open to, to knowing what else is out there and um, you know, we, we have many testimonials now and and, uh, and case studies to show we know what we're doing. Um, so I suppose just 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 give us a go and, and see if we can help you. Yeah. And Dean, what about you? I should have prepared for this question based on the last episode, right? But mm-hmm. um, I didn't. But I think my one takeaway would be about the approach work that we take um, and the amount of time that we invest into that to the previous point about making sure we understand what a client need is. There's lots of collaboration, a lot of discussion. Um, and for me, that's probably one of the most important aspects of the delivery cycle, really, that that initial that initial kind of discussion point. Uh, so we make sure what we can provide is exactly what a client needs. And in some instances, it might be not what they need, but that can be a good thing as well, as I alluded to earlier. So yeah, I think that would be my one takeaway. Yeah, amazing. And obviously, if any of our listeners want to go and have a bit more of a look at uh, what Brighter Consultancy do and their services, you can obviously head over to um, their website. Um, But that's it from us today. Uh, Thank you, Ben Dean, um, again, for your time. And thank you to all of our listeners. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you head over to our LinkedIn page, you can stay up to date on all things Oliver James. See you on the next episode.